Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to the GeForce Podcast, a show for car enthusiasts by car enthusiasts. Hope you had a great weekend full of fun car activities. And hopefully, part of it included getting to watch some Formula One in Portimao. Now, no worries if you didn't get to catch it or you missed the action. We'll go through a recap of race day in this episode. And better yet, there's another race coming up this weekend out in Spain. So we'll do a preview for that one as well. Before we get into the Spanish Grand Prix this weekend, let's cover Portugal and go over what happened yesterday at Portimao. And yes, this is a spoiler alert. So go ahead and watch the race recording before continuing on with this episode if you need to. The first two races of the 2021 season started off with some pretty big exciting action items happening right away from the get-go, even in the formation lap. And beyond that, the safety car was out by the end of the first lap for both of those first races as well. So would Portamao be a different story? Well, the formation lap was actually pretty uneventful. Although the shots from the helicopter did a great job highlighting all the different elevation changes on the track. But no crashes and no spin-offs during formation lap, which is essentially what's supposed to happen during a formation lap. And then the first lap actually started off pretty great. There were several great overtakes, but no real serious incidents. All until the pack started crossing the main straight going into the second lap. Now the front half of the cars flew by, and then all of a sudden, a front wing and some other carbon fiber bits flew up into the air. And then, unfortunately, an Alfa Romeo slowly made its way to the gravel pit. Some mistiming from the veteran Kimi Raikkonen caused him to hit the rear tire of his teammate Antonio Giovinazzi's car, which ripped off Kimi's wing and ended his race. Giovinazzi was actually able to shake off the bump with essentially no impact to his race, so all was not lost for Alfa Romeo, but nonetheless, it was not fun seeing Kimi Raikkonen have to exit the race so early. So I guess we are, well, three out of three with incidents in the opening laps of Formula One races this year. Anyway, by lap seven, we were back to the race itself. Valtteri Bottas had earned the pole position after qualifications in Saturday's race. And so he held on to that lead for a big chunk of the race this weekend. Hamilton started off in second place on the grid, being only seven thousandths of a second behind Valtteri Bottas in quali. But he was quickly overtaken from that second place by Max Verstappen. As soon as the safety car went in, Max was actually able to get a really good pass going into the first turn on lap 7. It was absolutely brilliant. Shortly after that pass, a few laps later, the DRS was enabled. And by lap 11, Hamilton used it to get past Max for regaining second place. So that's some pretty great action to see between these two early on in the race. Both Max and Lewis inched closer to Bottas, 
And on the start of lap 20, Hamilton used DRS again to help push past Bottas going into the first corner of the track again. Now that's a key overtaking spot at Portimao. You're coming down from the main straight and in the downhill section of that. So using DRS to reduce the drag helps these drivers get even more speed going on the downhill section and approaching the first turn. And that's where a lot of this overtaking action happened. Now one of the key things from this race, as with a lot of races, is the tire strategy each team used. In particular, it was really important for this race because about half the field were using one key strategy, which was starting off with soft tires with the plan to switch to the mediums halfway through, while the other half were using a different strategy, starting off with the medium tires and then eventually pitting to go onto a hard tires later on. It's not always that common to see the field split up or I guess indecided about which strategy is best. Each team picks usually a strong scenario for what they think is best for their car and a lot of times the track conditions and the tires work out in favor for most teams to follow one strategy. That being said, seeing about a half and half split ended up being pretty interesting especially for early on action as well as later on towards the end of the race and the strategy for managing tires. So early on with the extended safety car session, the cars running soft tires had an early advantage and could overtake others more easily because they could get those tires up to temperature much quicker. The soft tires allow for more grip and are up to their peak temperature a lot quicker. Now the drawback with soft tires is because of these cases and these characteristics, they do wear out quicker and these drivers needed to end up pitting earlier in the race. The mediums then that they swapped on had to last up to two thirds of the race after they put them on. So that becomes an issue of trying to manage tires throughout the majority of the race essentially. The drivers that started off with the mediums, which included the Red Bulls and the Mercedes, were able to delay their pitting significantly. For reference, the first driver to pit was Carlos Sanz on lap 22 of 66. 14 laps later, Verstappen was the first among the top four to pit, and he swapped on the hard tires for the medium tires. So basically the mediums that Max started off with lasted over 20% more of the race than the softs Carlos Sanz used. On lap 37, so one lap after Verstappen, Bottas also swapped his tires to the hards. And even though he got out of the pits ahead of Verstappen, Verstappen had more heat in his hard tires and passed Bottas a few corners later when the Mercedes oversteered leaving a corner. So that's also really interesting to see how these tires change in over the duration of as little as a lap. There was a lot more grip on Verstappen's car because he was able to warm them up, get some more heat into them and then made them more grippy. That allowed him to put the power down a little bit easier going out of the corner and make up for where Bottas made a big mistake. Hamilton ended up pitting on lap 38 and getting out ahead of both Verstappen and Bottas. But Sergio Perez actually passed him, delaying his pit. He actually led for about 13 laps, not going into pit until lap 52, at which point the Mercedes of Lewis Hamilton finally caught up back to him. 
It's pretty amazing that Perez could make the medium tires last over 50 laps, because then he could switch to the grippiest and fastest tire compound, a soft tire. So this emerged as being almost a third strategy. Use those medium tires and hold on to the lead as long as possible, then swap on the soft tires for a few remaining laps and try to maximize the, those for as long as possible. At this point, Red Bull did realize though that there was one big shortcoming. If Lewis Hamilton was able to overtake Perez before Perez pitted, it's very unlikely for Perez to catch up and get onto the podium. So instead what they decided to do is they decided to chase after the extra point for the fastest lap. And this became the story for the closing laps of the race. The racing order of Hamilton in first, Verstappen in second, and Bottas in third, and Perez in fourth, was essentially set in stone by about lap 60. So the teams decided to battle it out for the fastest lap. On lap 64, Bottas ended up pitting to swap on some soft tires to try and retake the fastest lap for Mercedes. At this point, Perez actually was able to take the fastest lap title because he was able to use his soft tires as much as possible. After lap 64, Max also came in right after for the same reason that Bottas did, to get soft tires onto his car. So Bottas actually took the fastest lap during that lap 65, only to lose it to Max on the final lap. So although the actual race was relatively calm in terms of podium position in the latter stages, the battle for the fastest lap was pretty exciting. And just when we thought Red Bull would get the point for the fastest lap from Max, he had a brilliant final lap, the time was amazing. The stewards came in and penalized him for exceeding the track limits on that lap. So his lap time was eliminated, and Bottas and Mercedes actually got the fastest lap point. So Hamilton took the win, Verstappen took second, and Bottas took third, and the fastest lap point. Just like Bahrain this year. Hamilton currently leads the championship with 69 points, Max is in 2nd with 61, and Norris, who finished 5th at Portimao, is in 3rd with 37 points. Unlike the past race weekends, we actually get to dive back into another race this upcoming weekend, almost like a doubleheader. It's a short hop over from Portimao to Barcelona, to the Circuit de Catalunya. This is actually one of the oldest races, the Spanish Grand Prix, being held back in 1913 for the first time. Since 1991, Catalunya has hosted this event, and it's a fairly iconic track. 4.68 kilometers or 2.9 miles long with 16 turns, this year's track is actually slightly modified versus last year's layout with the notorious sharply angled turn 10 of the old layout being turned into a more gradual and gentle angled turn, hopefully allowing for a slightly higher speed through the corner. The unintended effect could also be though that this would change how much we see braking overtakes being done on that corner, which was always fun to see who could outbreak each other. Even though the Spanish Grand Prix has existed more or less since 1913, the event and even the Circuit de Catalunya gained significant popularity in the early 2000s 
thanks to Spain's F1 champion, Fernando Alonso. The legend makes his return to Catalonia in an F1 car this year, just in time to christen the new Turn 10 for Formula 1. Now even though the Alpine cars haven't been able to keep up with the Red Bulls and the Mercs, I expect to see him pull on some impressive driving on his home turf, hopefully getting some solid points. And speaking of home turf, fellow Spaniard Carlos Sanz should hopefully make a good bounce back here too, with his Portuguese Grand Prix being less than stellar. He finished just outside the points, so I expect to see him climb several spots up in the finish at Catalunya. And for the overall win, well there's another driver who might be feeling both confident and possibly a little bit pressured. Lewis Hamilton has won at Catalunya five times, including the last four years in a row. Only one other driver has won four years in a row at Spain, and that man also has six total Spanish Grand Prix wins. So can Lewis tie Michael Schumacher's record of the most Spanish Grand Prix won? We'll have to see what Sunday has in store for us. Let us know your race predictions for the Spanish Grand Prix on Twitter and Instagram at GeForcePodcast. Podcast.